Good afternoon, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Ahead of the Crypto Curve, where we are creating Satoshi Millionaires, one family at a time, one day at a time, one Bitcoin at a time, one Satoshi at a time, and ladies and gentlemen, that means you. I am your host, I am your host, Naja Roberts. It is my mission in life to leave my people out of slavery. I don't just do this show to change the way you think about money, but to change the way you look at money and around you because it absolutely matters. It's Tuesday, July the 18th. And and we have some cryptopians today. We have several cryptopians. We have of Georgia. We Jennifer Bailey of California. And one of you, I want to say a birthday. I hope that your day is of joy, peace, happiness deserve on this day. We have a lot of stuff going in the cryptocurrency space and in a moment. moment. More with Naja Roberts as we get ahead of the crypto curve on KBLA Talk 1580. All right. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. Let us jump back into those birthdays today. I know we were having a little technical difficulty. We have Cryptopian celebrities who have birthdays today, and we'll go through them really quickly. We have Mandrell Jenkins of Hesba, Georgia. We have Jennifer Bailey of Colton, California. We have Christian Austin of Manchester, Connecticut, and Zakia Flagg of Union, New Jersey. May your day today be filled with all the love, joy, peace, happiness, and understanding that you deserve on this incredible day, which is your birthday. So, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to... Uh, get into our quote for the day. And I found this quote, and I am thinking about this quote all the time, and I just decided to read it today. This is one of the things that I read as it, as it relates to one of my affirmations to make sure that I am always staying uh, open-minded and paying attention. And it says, know your circle. Make sure everybody in your boat is rowing the same direction and not drilling holes when you're not looking. Again, know your circle. Make sure everybody in your boat is rowing in the same direction and not drilling holes when you are not looking. And that quote comes by, from someone by the name of Steve Marabali. And the reason why I am and had looked at that quote, again, I'm looking at it every day, but just thinking about it in the context of this show is ladies and gentlemen, as we know, money is changing. Things are changing. Everything that we know is changing. Every industry where I talk to people, every industry where I'm listening to people, everything that has been normal in their industry is now changing. The way business is being done, the way business is being accepted, the way just all sorts of things are changing. And you've got to make sure that in your circle that everybody is moving in the right direction as it relates to financial literacy, because that's critically important because you can be on here listening to, to the bid day money chain every single day and you can be understanding what's going on. 
but your significant other does not understand. And that means that both of you will be pulling in different directions. Somebody will be thinking it's massively important to just cram money into a 401k and that's all they want to do when, in fact, they need to diversify their portfolio because they're not in tune with what, what you're doing. So as we continue to grow, as we continue to get educated, let's try to continue to make sure that the circle, the people around us, everybody is rowing in the same direction and not drilling those holes in the bottom of the boat when you're not looking it could, because that the, the whole drilling could be absolutely unintentional. They could have no intention of making you sink, but they could in the way that they're thinking, in the way that they're moving in this new way. And so in that same vein, ladies and gentlemen, there are a lot of things that are going on uh, in the cryptocurrency space. And we'll kind of get into some of that later on in the show. But uh, a couple of people were asking me, because I've been talking about these four pillars to what I know will take the black community into the wealth zone. And that is, number one, of course, the digital assets. Then you have got your hard assets. And then you've got your legacy assets. And that's all the stuff that you know and love and have been using for the last three, 400 years when we were allowed to do those things. Uh, that's your insurance, your, your uh, annuities, and just some of the, you know, just all of those types of products. And then you have your veil assets, V-E-I-L, and those are assets that cannot be touched, that cannot be bothered, that really blanket all of the other assets that we're talking about. But somebody asked me about hard assets. How does the hard assets tie into the cryptocurrency? And the answer to that, first and foremost, is tokenization. And a lot of you are not aware of what tokenization is now. Let me be clear. What we're doing right now in the self-sovereignty space as far as hard assets is concerned, which is reaching out and buying up as much property, as much raw land, anything that we can get our hands on at a good price, we are actually going after, not just here in the state that we live in, but all across the United States. And there are several of us that are on this quest to make sure that we are buying everything that is not well, this stuff is tacked down, but we're buying almost any and everything that we can get and positioning ourselves to finally do something that has never been done in our community. And that is really just garner and be able to hold on to and uh, have the wealth that we need because land ownership, property ownership is definitely a wealth building part of a strategy. And so we've got to know that. But what is tokenization? Tokenization relates to having a uh, actual property, but it has it's a token. You're using tokens to actually tokenize the asset. Or simply put, the asset tokenization process involves the transformation of this asset on the blockchain. And the blockchain is the technology that we've talked about that's behind Bitcoin. Uh, blockchain can exist any any form or fashion. It can be used for voting. It can be used for your health records. It can be used for supply chains. It can be used for farms. It can be used for anything that requires the storing of information. That's the blockchain. And so Bitcoin or some of these other cryptocurrencies sit on the blockchain. 
And so tokenization of an asset would mean that the building or the physical uh, item is actually sitting or the information about it is sitting on the blockchain and you use tokens to actually show who owns what portion of that. And so as it relates to a building being in between the hard asset space and straddling with the cryptocurrency side, we would tokenize that building. And what that would mean is if I had $100 to invest, I might get, let's just pretend that the tokens, uh, and we'll, we'll, just, we'll just call them, I'm just going to call them the hustle coin because that, that was something that I was looking to do with, with Nipsey Hustle. So we'll call it the hustle coin, and it was to gentrify our own communities, right? So if we had a building and I had $100 to invest and we were using hustle coins to actually uh, make sure that people knew what their actual uh, percentage was in ownership of the building, I would get two of those tokens if um, if the tokens were worth $50 a piece, which they're obviously not, and this is just hypothetical. But then somebody that came along and had a $100,000 to invest, of course, they would get way more tokens than I got for my $100. I only got two. They may get 2000 because of the 100000 that they have to invest. And then you have somebody that has a million dollars to invest. And this could be a building. This is what we could have, should have, would have done with the Crenshaw Mall. In fact, when that whole situation was going coming along, I was talking to them about how to possibly tokenize the Crenshaw Mall. And so these are things that we can do moving forward that would allow our community to be able to actually participate in the ownership of larger type assets. And it doesn't even have to be done with larger type assets. It can be done with small uh, assets as well. And it actually includes uh, things that you don't even think about uh, that are physical. Art, you can do uh, tokenization with art. Definitely, I just talked about real estate. You could do tokenization with healthcare as a way. It's just a way of digitizing tangible and intangible assets and transforming them into tokens. However, um, it doesn't necessarily mean that the token is going to have a lot of value later on, but the only good thing about having a tangible type of asset is that that building or that piece of art or whatever it is that is attached to it is actually backing the actual token as opposed to tokens that are being issued that don't have any type of backing whatsoever. The concept of asset tokenization has gained significantly, ladies and gentlemen, and you are going to start hearing about it because it's going to become more popular in in uh, in times to come. But what our uh, what we're doing is I'm not going to say we're working backwards. We are as it relates to the cryptocurrency space and tokenization. But our goal is to own these buildings all across the United States. And when it is time for us to liquidate those assets, we don't actually liquidate them. We actually share them with the communities around them. And with doing that, that means we never lose control of those buildings, kind of like what's going on over in Lamert Park. Some individuals, while everybody else was sleeping, was out buying properties and making sure that they had a foothold 
on some of the properties that are around the community. And it has worked to their advantage because the prices have gone up. But let's just say he decides, hey, you know what, I want to give back and I don't want to sell this, but I want the community to own this. Then tokenization is something that uh, some of these building owners could actually take advantage of and their users get uh, get to tokenize their actual assets or their uh, how much they own in fractional uh, in fractional parts. And it's really a great opportunity, and I think um, it's going to be good. The only thing that we are kind of waiting on or I'm waiting on to continuously watch is what they talk about as it relates to tokens and if tokens are going to be securities and if securities uh, are going to be allowed to be participated in by just the regular everyday common folk because that's what we would need for tokenization. Maybe somebody has $5 or maybe somebody has, I think over at the Crenshaw, uh, the Crenshaw Mall, we were doing 5 or $10. Uh, but it, it's just the same thing. But it is becoming a global trend. And um, we really want to get ahead of the saying that is happening is that by 2030, you will own nothing and be happy about it. Well, we're going to stop that statement and we're going to make sure that we own everything and that those who may not have the ability to actually own an entire property or something like that have the ability to come in on fractional type of ownership. And so that's what tokenization would do. And so to answer some people's questions that are listening, am I saying that I would participate in another coin other than Bitcoin? Absolutely. If it is going to benefit the community in which we know that we need the assistance. And so that being stated, we are going to continue going down the 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 way that we're going as it relates to buying up buildings and figuring out buying up houses and just trying to uh, make sure that we are taking advantage of every opportunity that we have as a result of this tokenization being the future. And ladies and gentlemen, remember, I keep saying we're playing chess and not checkers. And so when you play checkers right now, you're worried about um, in this, and I'm going to say in this real estate thing, and as it relates to checkers, you're worried about the small things. But when you're playing chess, we worry about getting the properties and then five to ten years down the line what this actually looks like when tokenization and blockchain have transformed uh, some of the ways in which we do business. And it's coming. And so for those of you that are real estate agents and those of you that are brokers and those of you that do all sorts of things in the real estate area or even maybe the art or fine arts or any type of finance, you really need to look into tokenization and see if it will benefit you and why it may be necessary. Because one might wonder uh, if the concept of digital digitalization is uh, going to be significant. And they want to know the difference between traditional digitalization and asset tokenization. And blockchain gives us a a bunch of uses right now that you can uh, actually uh, take a look at. One of the biggest things that I do know is improved liquidity uh, is going to be the first and foremost benefit of asset tokenization on the blockchain. And so... If somebody is hitting up on a hard time and they want to sell uh, a part of their building, 
they would just go out and sell their tokens. If they had five tokens, those tokens were worth uh, $500, or I, I don't know, I said $50 a few minutes ago, so we'll stick with the 50 and they were coming up on a hard time and they needed to liquidate, you know, four of their actual tokens. Then they would put those tokens on an exchange. Somebody would buy them and they would have their $200 or whatever it is they needed. And then when they wanted to come back into uh, ownership of the property, they would just go back to the exchange. They would buy the amount of tokens that were equivalent to whatever they could afford. And they would know that they have part ownership in a building in their community. And that is a smart way to do things. And just think, ladies and gentlemen, what we could possibly do if we had buildings that some of these big box retailers or places like Starbucks or some of these other places were actually renting from us for five to ten years. That's the type of wealth creation we need. That's the cr type of wealth creation that we are searching for. And ladies and gentlemen, quite frankly, that is the type of wealth creation that we will get because most of us that are starting down this path are relentless and we are doing it to ensure that our community has what we need when we want it or when we need it. And so um, we're going to make sure that everything, especially since we're in the cryptocurrency space, which has to do with tokenization. We're going to make sure that things are done decently and in order, but what blockchain brings is better efficiency and better uh, automation. So tokenization of assets on the blockchain actually uses smart contracts that are very, very helpful in automating an entire process. And I'm not going to give you all the goods right now of what we're putting together, but ladies and gentlemen, you will definitely in the very near future, have an opportunity and this to own a piece of some great things. And this is not uh, give us give anybody the money and then we're going to go out and buy the building. And that's why I say we're kind of working this backwards. We want to get some things and own some things and, and fix up some things and then allow our community to be able to take part in being a owner of it. And so that's kind of backwards. Most people raise money, then they go out and buy the property, then they go and fix it, and then they try to lease it, and they do all these things. But what we want to do, ladies and gentlemen, because we're running out of time, is make sure that we're owning the assets first, and then we're doubling back to pick up those individuals who want to be involved. And if you're interested in something like that, of course, West Shore, you will be able to participate. And those of you who want to be up front getting the assets and working with the different banking uh, partners that we have to make sure that this tokenization comes to fruition way down the road. And again, I'm saying five to 10 years, we may not have this whole thing together in five to 10 years because we've got to wait on the ruling on what a token is. If it's a security, we've got to know how to work around that. If it's a commodity, we've got to learn how to work around that. But because it's attached to an actual real estate property, uh, there's going to be some rules and regulations around that. And we don't want to put anything in place that we're going to have to change later. And so what we're waiting on is them to really talk to us about, uh, not talk to us specifically, but talk to the United States about what uh, these tokens, cryptocurrencies, and different things are. And that's why a lot of people have been keeping their eye on the Ripple ruling. And so I want to say again, um, because Ripple 
Uh, again, everybody is, I, I said I was going to make a video on Instagram and I need to probably today because everybody is cheering and, and going through, uh, because the price going through these crazy arguments because the price of ripple or XRP has gone up, but ripples ruling is likely to be appealed just so you all know and overturned because in my opinion, from what I am looking at, and I'm going to say this and I'm going to continuously say this. Uh, Ripple's decision, in my opinion, is it creates a class of quasi-securities. It discriminates and morphs. So basically, the, the, the XRP ruling, in my opinion, is calling everybody who is buying XRP dumb. And why would I say it like that? It's because it is counterintuitive that the, if, the, if investment companies or banks buy XRP they're buying a security, but the people, regular everyday people, if they buy XRP, they're not buying a security because they are unknowing or they're not knowledgeable. Basically, they call us people that have XRP, they call them ignorant. And really, it, in my opinion, it is they're saying that people don't know how to do their due diligence, they're stupid, or you know, that's the reason why it's not a security is because all the people that are not institutions that are buying it don't know what they're doing. They don't know how to research. They don't have any good concept or grasp on what it is they're buying. Therefore, it's not a security. But ladies and gentlemen, that is not going to hold up at all. It is not. It doesn't make sense. And everything around it doesn't make sense. So um, I just, you know, I caution you again. I don't know. Ripple may get up to $10. They may get up to $20. Who knows? And for those of you that are holding it, I'm totally, you know, you've got to do your best judgment to see when to get out or, or how to get out. This is likely to go on for another two or three years, especially if it gets to the Supreme, the, the, the Supreme Court. But this ruling, in my opinion, not only patronizes, um, is is not patronizing for just the regular everyday user. It's insulting what I read. And it actually presumes that retail investors are typically stupid people. And so that's just the bottom line. That's what I get from reading it. And so they're probably gonna to go to the Supreme Court and the Supreme or whoever, whatever the next court is, and they'll probably get this uh this will get overturned. The appeal will happen, they'll get it overturned, and then again We've got to wait to see what they're doing with these different cryptocurrencies so that we know what to do with the tokens that we intend to actually form to purchase real estate. And I'll tell you when we come forward after news, sports, and traffic, why we are focusing on the hard asset of real estate. This is KBLA Talk 1580. All right. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. So to briefly just summarize uh, the reason why it is very critical that we own and control all of the the property in our community, if not all of it, most of it, uh, because wealth building comes in the form of actual property, land ownership, and things of that sort, along with all of the other things that we're doing to diversify. And uh, since Emancipation Proclamation when the emancipated slaves actually started out with nothing and had zero capital and trying to deal with what they call back then the Homestead Act. And maybe one of these days we'll talk about the Homestead Act. But it was a pivotal part of history 
uh, for slaves to begin building their wealth through land owning and building of farms. Uh, they could have pot- potentially passed down through generations lots and lots of property. I am a proud recipient of my great-great-grandfather's property that he had in Shreveport, Louisiana. Uh, but, you know, everybody did not and was not able to hold on. In fact, some of our personal property as, as through our family was uh, taken over because of a loaf of bread out of a store. Someone claimed one of the cousins didn't pay for a loaf of bread, and they put their names on 240 acres. They just added their names as a part of the property. But all of these things, and we know these things go on and have gone on for uh, hundreds of years, but uh, very few black settlers and former slaves were able to take advantage of this Homestead Act um, and we need to stand on uh, the Homestead Act and not just take over because we're not going to be able to get any free property like they were able to do with the Homestead Act, but we can buy it instead. And so uh, I just really feel like that's what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to start sitting down with some of these counties, officials, some of these mayors, and really starting to talk to them about properties that have been left and abandoned and the things that we can do to make them look good in these communities. And we're going to have to gentrify our own communities. I just really feel that across this United States. And there has been over 150 years of U.S. history where other families, white families specifically, have had a much better opportunity to build wealth through home ownership than that of black families. In fact, uh, if I can look at the stats really quickly, uh, during the Homestead Act, where they could pay, uh, where individuals could pay $10 for plots of land, and they could also pay like a dollar twenty-five per acre to homestead these properties. Uh, there were uh, 1.6 million white families that succeeded in owning land, compared to only four to five thousand black families. That is just terrible, definitely terrible. And so uh, we got to make up for that. And it's a big task. And so we got to put on our roller skates and make it happen because time is of the essence. And so with that being stated, ladies and gentlemen, just look forward to hearing about uh, properties and tokenization and self-sovereignty, all of those things go hand in hand. And, and, you know, unfortunately, we can't just stay doing one thing and feeling like, um, you know, it's going to make a change. We've got to make a 360-degree holistic change. We can't be involved in all of it, but those things that we can be involved in, we have to know how to do them. We know how to, have to know how to do them well, and we have to know how to do them the 2023 way and not the 1950, 60, 70, 80, or even 90s way. There's a new way of doing things. There's a new uh, a way of being able to excel. There's a new way of being able to hold on to and take advantage of what's before us. And we've got to, we really got to seize the moment. And so that's what we're working on right now. And so, uh, again, just look forward. I look forward to working with and talking with each and every one of you about what your possible plans are and what you might want to do in the space of uh, hard assets with your real estate and maybe even crossing them over into the cryptocurrency space with the tokenization. But ladies and gentlemen, we are going to do our market update. Bitcoin right now is trading at 29000 
$767. It's down in the last hour, 0.03%. It's down in the last 24 hours, uh, 0.52%. And in the last seven days, it's down 2.63%. Ethereum is trading at $1,894. It's down in the last hour, 0.07%. It's up in the last 24 hours, 0.21%. And in the last seven days, it's actually up 1.04%. And I'm going to go ahead and scroll down to XRP because I know everybody is watching that, trying to see exactly what's going on with it. And again, uh I have had XRP, probably got XRP in 2017. Mine is on the Binance platform, not even the Binance U.S. platform. Uh, so I would have to be a resident of another country in order to get my XRP. So I'm going to have to be the person that's holding on till I don't know when. So uh, with that being said, this is uh, XRP is trading right now at 76 cents. It is down in the last hour, 0.11%. It's up in the last 24 hours, 3.66%. And in the last seven days, it is up 60.44%. And again, I do know a lot of people that are cashing out of the XRP, but I am thinking that because everything is being misinterpreted and people are on social media giving the wrong information, I am just guessing that XRP is going to go much higher than it is right now at 76 cents. And then when it corrects itself, it's going to come down. And hopefully if you're holding it and you're waiting on the top of the market with that, that you're able to get out in time. And so um, as we look at all the other cryptocurrencies, everything is pretty much uh, doing the same thing. It's, it's all, um, you know, the, the, the charts are just showing uh, the people are still in and out of the cryptocurrency space, and they are trying to figure out exactly what to do with their funds. And it's also showing that the market cap is up to $1.2 trillion, $1.2 trillion. So it's up, um, it's up, looks like about $100 million. Um, and so that's what's happening in the market and everybody is looking out at the fact that uh SEC it looks like the SEC has actually accepted the application for the Bitcoin exchange traded fund and that's what the ETF stands for exchange traded fund by BlackRock BlackRock is one of the largest financial um Companies here in the United States, and they have officially accepted their application. And so once this was published, of course, a whole bunch of people are excited about what? Bitcoin. So a lot of people are wondering why the price of Bitcoin is not going up. In my opinion, I think that, you know, we're we're holding steady and that everyone is kind of waiting to see how this thing is going to pan out, but they're slowly buying a little bit of Bitcoin at a time as to not really make the price escalate. And so if they're buying a little bit at a time, because Bitcoin is going to be the way to go, Bitcoin is going to be who these spot ETFs are basing their, their funds off, we will have the thing, we will have the actual uh, 
coin and not have the exposure. I don't want the exposure. I want the real deal. So I don't want to just look out the window and see the beach. I want to put my feet in the water and swim in it. And so that's why I want to own it and not be a part of those who have uh, direct uh, exposure to it through these ETFs. So, ladies and gentlemen, when we come forward, we'll continue the conversation. This is KBLA Talk 1580. Now, let's get back to Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Naja Roberts on KBLA Talk 1580. All right. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. I just wanted to share with you all that tomorrow morning there is a closed-door session where the Democrats from the House of Representatives will be meeting with CEO Brian Armstrong of Coinbase. And it just seems to me like they keep going to the wrong people to get the wrong the, the information. I won't necessarily say he's giving the wrong information, but they keep going to the wrong people asking questions about what needs to be done for just regular everyday people. And that is the wrong person to do it. But with that, um, tomorrow, Brian Armstrong will be uh, dealing with the Democratic aides, and they are going to be having a meeting in an undisclosed area is closed. Nobody can get in there. And their meeting is going to talk about cryptocurrency regulation and taxes, privacy, and national security. And you already know that Coinbase Inc. to deal with Homeland Security. So maybe he's the best one for that meeting because he knows exactly what's going to be going on uh, as it relates to him uh, disclosing information, whether he has to or not. And again, nobody's in the position where we're not trying to abide by any laws and regulations, but because we are in a new space doing things a new way, we want to really have the option of actual freedom of uh, all the things that we were promised that we could have freedom in this country. And so, uh, you know, if we, if we have to do the KYC, which, which is a know your customer, we're definitely going to do that. But if we don't have to, just report on general purposes, uh, who has what coming in and who who has what coming out. Um, I just don't think that we should be made to do that unless it's an actual rule. And he has just decided that he's just going to do it on his own. But he'll be talking to one of the largest caucuses in the House that's made up of about 100 members who are committed to pro-economy growth, pro-innovation, and fiscally responsible policies. So uh, Mr. Armstrong will be meeting with the new Democratic coalition. And so I am interested to hear how all of this turns out, and especially in light of the fact that he has a lawsuit right now with the Securities and Exchange Commission over allegations of security law violations. And... um, He's accused, they're accusing him of operating as an unregistered national securities exchange clearing agency. And they, uh, they hit him with those charges last month. So Coinbase, of course, is still fighting and making sure that, uh, they're trying to give us some clearer cryptocurrency rules in the United States. And that he partly thinks that's the reason why they came after him for that. But uh, there's two laws on the table that need to be dealt with right now. One of them is proposed by some of the Republican chairs of the House of Financial Services Committee and the House Committee on Agriculture, which would enable 
cryptocurrency exchanges to register with the SEC and trade digital securities, commodities, and stable coins all in one place. So that is one thing that's on the table. And then there's a second one that's on the table has been floating around Washington, was introduced by crypto-friendly Senator Cynthia Loomis and Senator Christian Gilbrand, and that would actually require Commodities Future Trading Commission to oversee exchanges while regulated depository institutions handle stablecoin users. And that's what I'm really hoping will happen, that we, uh, those of us that sell Bitcoin, which is a commodity, would be uh, governed under the, the CFTC, Commodities Future and Trade Commission. And so we wouldn't have to deal with the SEC or anything like that. But the bill was actually proposed in June of 2022, but it was reintroduced last week because they never did anything or said anything about it. And so here it is we a year later, and a, a bill that was initially proposed had to be put back on the slate this week because our government is just really failing to uh, actually address some of the things that are happening in the cryptocurrency space. And, you know, the United States can become a highly competitive market if it, if they just embrace cryptocurrency because a lot of companies and a lot of people are moving away from uh, the United States because the American regulators have, uh, have, haven't really had open arms to the cryptocurrency in, in industry. And, um, we're falling behind other nations very quickly. And so, uh, the United States government is among some of the first to actually propose some recommendations of stable coins, but they're the last ones that actually uh, actually act. And so we are very late to the party, and I hope that the United States is planning very, very soon to do some things because um, we've got to get these policies done. This is one of the biggest economies right now in the world, and we have the biggest technology industry and the biggest financial system, and we have got to really hurry up and do some things, and the United States has to lay down these rules uh, so that we can become a competitive market, ladies and gentlemen. Our, our dollar is going to do more of what they are already trying to do, and that's to devalue it. And so um, that's just basically the bottom line. And so with all these spot ETFs and these things coming out, there's going to be uh, more opportunities for more individuals to get involved. And again, if you're holding the coin that people are going to need, I think we're going to be doing absolutely well. I'm excited about that. And uh, I will tell you when we come forward what I think the future holds in this new programmable money era. When we come forward, this is KBLA Talk 158. All right. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. So what does the future hold with all the things that we are talking about right now? And I've always said that the next five to 10 years is going to be different and we're going to change relatively fast. But this is going to be the era, ladies and gentlemen, of programmable money. Programmable money, meaning it could be the central bank digital currency. It could be the it could be Bitcoin, it could be XRP, it could be a whole number of different things because there are always different currencies, just like we have right now. There's different currencies in different regions of the world, and so. But in this new programmable age or era of money, there's going to be blockchain technology. There is going to be AI. 
there's going to be smart contracts, and there's going to be entrepreneurship, and they will absolutely reshape trade and commerce in this country. Ladies and gentlemen, because so many things are happening, it is imperative, and I always say this, whether you've retired, whether you are in the workplace right now, you need to be looking at some sort of entrepreneurship venture because it is reshaping. Things are changing. The way people go to work are changing. Just so many different things are changing. And I'll tell you, I've been playing around a little bit with one of the artificial intelligence apps as it relates to pictures and artwork and, you know, things that I used to go to a graphic artist and pay for are now at my fingertips. I just command the computer to illustrate uh, a, a uh, African-American person standing on the hill with one foot off about to jump over across to an, and it actually generates that for me within seconds. And so, ladies and gentlemen, so many of the jobs and the, and, and the skills that we were used to using, artificial intelligence is actually uh, moving closer and closer to uh, just changing those things. And I'm starting to use the art and the illustration for some of the works that I'm doing and putting out where I would have to wait for individuals for a week or two to get back to me. I'm getting it in seconds. And so this is not going anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. Technology is here to stay. I'm hoping that each and every one of you are starting to embrace it, not just on the money side, because the the the, the uh, digital money is absolutely here to stay. It is absolutely here to stay. But for those of you that's like, oh, I don't need to learn that computer thing, or oh, I don't want to get on the computer, you have to. You really have to start embracing and start learning and start taking baby steps towards technology because money is going to be technology. Food is going to be technology. Everything that we know is going to be centered around some sort of technology. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank each and every one of you for rocking with me here today on Ahead of the Crypto Curve. We are making way for the D.L. Hughley Show, and I want you to know that we are going to continue in this space creating Satoshi Millionaires. That's because you are dollar-cost averaging, like me, on a daily basis, a little bit at a time. We're creating Satoshi Millionaires, one family at a time, one day at a time, one Bitcoin at a time, one Satoshi at a time. And ladies and gentlemen, that means you. 